Hello, wild beings. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, we connect with the Rainbow Oracle, exploring spiritual practices for daily devotion, cultivating intuitive discernment, creating space for divine energy to blossom within your life, and tarot visual alchemy. Ariane Blank, the Rainbow Oracle, is an intuitive soul guide, self-love priestess, mystic, and magical being who offers tarot card readings, emotional freedom technique sessions, and trauma-informed practices for guiding us home to self and oneness. With open hearts and deep gratitude, we invite you to enjoy this nourishing and illuminating conversation. Well, welcome to our podcast. We're really looking forward to this conversation with you. It's always nice to find solopreneur women to connect with and to have more in-depth conversations about. So we're excited that you're with us. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you. You're welcome. So Ariane, how has spirituality unfolded in your life? How did you begin your spiritual journey? I ask myself that all the time. (laughs) I think it began pretty early um, in a certain sense of my fascination with the mystery of the life force energy and like the mysteries of biology and cells and just being absolutely fascinated by nature and just wanting to learn more and more about that. And I think for me, that was a very spiritual pursuit. And um, it took me for a pretty long time, honestly. And I always, in in studying biology, I always felt like I was unraveling some of this mystery and understanding like how it's possible that we exist in these bodies and the fact that we're even here in the first place. Um, And then I also would say that an early part of my spiritual journey was working with plant medicine and other sacred medicines that just opened my mind to the fact that we are all of everything. And like, I really experienced that very clearly um, during college and I love that so much. So I have sat with a lot of sacred medicines and plant medicines and that definitely opened me up to the truth of oneness and the truth of uh, most of the spiritual truths. Like when you get down to the core, like before I actually found myself in the spiritual journey in a way that I recognized as a spiritual journey. And um, then after that, at some point, I was introduced to Vipassana meditation, and I started meditating. And I loved that because I found that I could really connect to that source and to that thing within myself that felt so whole and so beautiful. And after that, I um, I came across Ramdas and Ramdas's teachings, and that was really the start of my spiritual journey proper, um, where I really started to get into contemplation and reading all of these old texts and just studying and became really, really excited about all of this. And after that, it really kind of turned into a lot of different things, exploring different traditions and trying to kind of 
I, I love seeing the similarities between all of the different traditions, like how they're all saying like literally the exact same thing. <laughs> that just delights me to no end. So I've spent a lot of time studying different traditions and just marveling at them. And uh, then also I've been on my own healing journey through dis-ease. And that has also been a really important part of the spiritual journey because it's asked me to go on to that journey into myself to look into my consciousness and explore and find what's really real for me and what's what's really true so <laughs> I think those are some of the main points what is the what was the meditation that you found what was the specific name you said uh, vipassana meditation so Theravadan Buddhist meditation which is like very just like following the breath, just like in and in and breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. And I sat a lot of uh, meditation with myself with that. And um, yeah, just a lot of time doing that, following the breath meditation. And honestly, it was very lovely for a period of time. I don't particularly uh, practice Vipassana meditation, like specifically anymore, but I, it's so powerful. And I had the opportunity to go on one day long retreat that just was so psychedelic after one day, like it felt like I was like on a medicine. Uh, and after that, I realized like, okay, this is serious. And something else about the sacred medicine and the role of that in my journey is, um, especially with Ramdas's teaching, he spoke about those medicines as a way to glimpse enlightenment before you get there and then um and so like seeing that as like yes this is the truth but then we do all the practices in order so that our consciousness can be like that all the time and I want it to feel like I'm on psychedelics all the time and so that was kind of a motivation of like what do I have to do that I, I'm going to meditate or whatever practices are going to get to that go in that direction and honestly yes life gets more psychedelic every single day um and that is marvelous. Yeah, because that's one thing that often people will reflect, like once they start meditating or just bringing more consciousness and awareness into their daily life is like colors will become brighter and you know, their world like comes alive, <laughs> which is just so powerful. And I think something that you touched on of like looking at your spiritual evolution of that your your daily practices and different practices that you engage with will change and evolve and grow with you. That, or you can choose one path and only do that. You know, that there, there are, it does flow each way. Um, I think that's really powerful to presence um, of that. Like, it's okay if your daily routines and your spiritual practices grow and evolve with you. Mm, yeah, that's good. One of the people I talked to once called me a spiritual shopper because I was, you know, we're all just like trying to learn, like you said, of like looking at all the different cultures and practices and it's like, everything's the same. We just have an open mind and want to kind of like get in on all of it. And then like Amanda just said of like every day and as you grow, your practices are going to grow and change and you're going to find new tools that you, that you utilize, you know, use tarot and so do we and, you know, these other things that can really help us like you said, have that, have your reality be like what it's meant to be that, but the human species has just been like dumbed down or like, you know, <laughs> these veils. Yeah. Yeah. Like dulled, dulled, dulled. Yeah. <laughs> Where 
you know, when you see things, you're like, this is how it's always been. I just was, you know, not seeing it. What plant medicines have you sat with if you feel comfortable sharing that? Yeah. Um, so my favorite medicine that I've worked with the most is LSD. Um, and I have also sat with psilocybin mushrooms quite a lot. And, um, but for me, there's something about LSD that just feels like absolutely pure, like truth, pure enlightenment, pure, just like being the entire universe. And it's so powerful because it's just, it's like completely obvious to you that you have access to all of the information, to all of everything in the universe, that you are the entire Shakti energy of the universe and the entire yin and yang. Like it's all right there inside of you and that is like so like painfully clear and it's to the point that you're looking at like it's like why do I even have this body like this is insane that I'm in stuck in this body because like obviously that's not me and um just this real feeling of like looking at your life from a higher perspective it's like you're looking at it from sources perspective and you just look at your life and you're like oh wow like I thought I had all these problems and like, it just looks kind of di different from this perspective. And you realize like, okay, so like that, you know, small me is like all caught up about this thing. And like, that seems really silly. So it's also such a powerful way to like check in with your higher self and your source and to like, look back down into your life and to kind of check in and see like where maybe you've gone kind of off and, um, yeah. And then that, and then also when you sit with that medicine with other people, uh, there's just telepathy, your brains are completely connected and you can hear each other's thoughts and connect on such a exquisitely deep level that just is beyond any kind of merging. And I think maybe it's like the Scorpio in me, I have like seven planets in Scorpio in the seventh house. And, uh, <laughs> I just love deep, 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 deep connection with people. And I think that the connection that you can have on LSD or on other plant medicines is just like so beyond and magical. So that's another important part of that. And it just makes absolutely clear what is really going on here. And like that we are the entire universe. And it's just after even seeing it once, I. Uh, you really can't go back from that. But then I do like to sit with the medicine periodically because it just brings you back into in kind of extreme remembrance mm -hmm. that just always just snaps you right back into alignment and into that higher perspective. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's very Ram Dass, right? Of like walking each other home, that it's about remembering. It's about, it's a practice of remembering that we are a species practicing remembering <laughs> and that there's different tools that help us with that connection and I think something too that I really enjoyed what you said of like having that higher perspective allows us to see it for what it is and for truth but that we can not take ourselves so seriously. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that also Ram Dass, I feel like was really good at that lots of his meditations, like he'll giggle or he'll, you know, make some little joke, but of that, like maintaining that like lightness, I think mm. is a value 
Um, because I think lots of spiritual practices, like we can kind of get in the trenches and it can get really, you know, intense and dark, but of being able to have that like lighter <laughs> perspective that fills you with like, okay, like it's okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like yeah. I'm not this body. <laughs> yeah. It's just a small, small thing. Mm -hmm. So you touched on merging and like, you know, being connected this like telepathically way and you said you have seven houses in like the relationship thing. So what practices, if any, do you practice or embody that help with like the harmful sides of merging, mm. you know, where like, yes, it's important, but then there can be like, especially when you're dealing with like energy and like your personal sovereignty yes. and like your energy that you're, you know, so powerfully holding in your vessel of like, what are some things that you, or what are your thoughts about that? That's such a good question. Um, yeah, that makes me think like, I also have Saturn and Pisces, which is just like totally dissolving boundaries. And like, I just, it's so important to me to do those practices and work on my boundaries. So that's a really good question. Um, I think like kind of like cord cutting is huge itself, just like cutting cords with everything and and anyone like kind of consistently like after you will even like go to the grocery store like cutting your cords with the cashier and whatever and I also kind of just do practices like where I just visualize like strengthening my energy field and like uh visualizing which things are going to be allowed in and kind of visualizing different types of boundaries with different people in different scenarios. Like sometimes I want to have like a boundary that's like this steel wall all around me that's like 20 feet away. And it's like, just, this is very serious. And sometimes it's, you know, like a very permeable boundary that's like right around you and you want that merging in those moments, you know, but uh, definitely like communication with people is really important. I think, especially like, with what you really asked about, about like merging and, and in, with medicines, especially is it's really intense to have that experience with other people. And I think, um, yeah, it's really important to like be conscious about that going into the situation that like, we're not going to have any boundaries and the like context of this situation that we're going into. And that might actually like change like what we think makes sense for this container and so yeah just a lot of communication and trying to just be as clear as possible like speaking those boundaries into existence and remembering that like your your voice and like the those agreements that you make verbally are extremely powerful as well as the ones that you like create around yourself with your energy field yeah I feel like that gets into or makes me think of like our soul contracts or like these unconscious contracts that we make you know whether it's you know embedded into our psyche from different social structures or you know your family or friends whatever is in your environment influencing like your inner operating systems of being able to look at those and be like okay what did I choose mm -hmm. like what yeah. do I want to align with like do you have any practices around that of um kind of searching within your own subconscious mind of looking at what patterns 
or potentially mm. embedded without your sovereign <laughs> agreements. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I guess that this kind of comes to like the idea of like witnessing your thoughts and like witnessing your desires and then and like seeing them like kind of from that outside perspective like as the witness and then and then like taking that critical lens of like where where did this come from like who whose idea is this really like was this my parents idea or like was it my preschool teacher or like where did these come into my head and I think about that a lot when I think about desires and like what you really want because yeah, for a long time, I thought I wanted all kinds of things that were not things that I wanted. They were things that other people wanted and really like revealing and the kind of unraveling, like where did these things come from? And that also comes in with like contracts with other people of like the people that you've called into your life and like relationships that you already have, like kind of looking back at them and thinking like, well, what version of me like made this contract and like, how do I want to really update it and think about it now? Cause something that is really important to me is like consciousness in relationships in the sense of like choosing that relationship every single day. So for me, that's something really important about like polyamory. That's why I, feel really committed to polyamory is is like because for me to feel that kind of like depth of connection and safety in a relationship I want to know that it's being chosen every single day I don't want it to be something where it's like yeah some past me decided that I wanted this and then we signed a thing and we decided that this is how it was and like now it's just like that and maybe we don't even want it anymore but um I, I really like the idea of all contracts being open to revision and open to like, okay, my desires changed and now I want something else. And like that still can maybe work within the context of this relationship, but maybe it can't. And like just always leaving that space for your desires to change because we came here to change and to grow. And it seems absurd to imagine that anybody's desires would actually just stay the same over the course of their life and them growing and honestly like it's so much more fun to like keep expanding and changing your desires and your contracts so and and those kind of contracts like extends beyond romantic partnerships right like every relationship that you have is a partnership and does have kind of these contracts that we make and I like to think of kind of friendships more in that sense of like these are partnerships and like what are our commitments and boundaries and like roles in this friendship and like allowing those to keep growing and changing so I guess this kind of like on a lot of different levels about like those contracts and kind of restructuring them but yeah (laughs) (laughs) no that's really good and I think I like that you said that it's not just those connections it's friendships and it's also like jobs and you know places you live of like we are here to change and evolve and I think that that's a beautiful perspective to have because a lot of mundane beings are stuck in this like cycle right and they're not changing and actively being a participant in the evolution of consciousness and like the you know 45d vibrations coming into earth they're not choosing to 
you know, go through the initiations necessary to like get you on these higher frequencies. So I think one of the other main things that I wanted to ask you about is in your, you know, studying of biology and all of these other things, where have you seen some overlap of, you know, how, when our body is changing, like anything that's happening, like in biology or like more science terms of what's happening as you become more conscious and aware, if you're aware of any of those things. Hmm. Um, like what are the biological changes that accompany this? Yeah, I, I, I imagine just like coming into more ease in, in your body, like with everything. Like, I think that as we are like unconscious, we often accidentally uh, kind of lock emotions and things into our bodies by denying them or pushing them away. So often like the natural kind of reflex is to, when you're having a negative emotion, try to push it away. Or when you have like negative thoughts, trying to push them away. And for me, it seems that that is really the root of all this ease is like those things getting locked into your body when you, instead of allowing your emotions to flow through you as they are meant to and allowing it to be okay and to just feel them and process them, then they get stuck and turn into dis-ease in the body. So I kind of see that the the spiritual awakening process is kind of like a melting of that dis-ease and like all of those like tensions and like separateness and uh, just like stuck energies and things that you've been holding within your cells and within like your energy field. So I imagine that kind of gets more cleared out. Um, yeah. I haven't really thought about it, but um, in sense of like what happens to the brain like I haven't really like gone to study it personally from the biology side I kind of like made like a hard shift of like I don't want to hear about the biology anymore yeah. <laughs> yeah. one thing that um, we're really passionate about is looking at that of like how does the physical structure actually change in response to like holding these higher frequencies and I think a a big part of it is living in rhythm with the earth, right? Of earth's mm -hmm. energy yeah. of that we're able to actually like hold more light within our body and within our being um, and, and, and increase our communication capacity. So like looking at your fascia, right? All the connective tissue of when you have pliable, Mm -hmm. healthy fascia, right? The communication between all your cells and everything is just enhanced, you know, the communication of your corpus callosum, right? Mm -hmm. Highway between both brain, right? That you're just, you're enhancing that internal experience. And especially what you're saying of looking at the ease within your body, right? That you're having that homeodynamic, the mm -hmm. and pingala, right? Balance of that it's not going to these huge extremes. and valleys, yeah. Mm -hmm. You find the center. Yeah, the rhythm within, that you're still having that change because nature is change, right? The more that we can reflect and align with nature, it's going to enhance our internal experience of feeling more ease and aliveness, mm -hmm. right? Of how, to me, that's what self-actualization means. It's like, mm -hmm. how alive can I feel to embody, to be in a body of that we chose <laughs> to be in a human being and it <laughs> of how can we <laughs> magnify <laughs> how can we magnify that experience of feeling alive of feeling all of the emotions mm -hmm. flow through it of 
you know, strengthening that connection to that oneness, that internal sense of just bliss, mm-hmm. right? This of magnifying your state of being so that you're able to feel grounded and steady, but also have that freedom and that flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and touching on like as we're holding these higher frequencies, communication is faster. Just like you said, when you were all on LSD, that telepathy was happening and a, a decent amount of people that I, you know, speak with about these things, that's like four dimensional communication of like, we are becoming more, you know, matters becoming lighter. So the human vessel, our DNA and our cells and everything is lighter. And so we will be soon tapping into this like telepathic communication on more levels when people align with that frequency of, you know, going back to just what you said of, it can always be this, you know, natural experience. Because for me, like in my brain, when I hear like psychedelic, it sounds like not normal, just because that's how I've studied, you know, how I've studied that, where in my perspective, it's like, this is the natural way that humans are meant to be is have that like telepathy communication, because we're so heart, heart connected, that we can communicate through like, more subtle energy fields. So I think that's what's changing. And I don't know if we'll always see that on like a biological level. Mm-hmm. But I think we're seeing that as you know, everything's spinning faster, our communication's getting faster. Like we're having this conversation, like that's a technological advancement, but there's things happening, you know, even further about like that communication. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think communication is is definitely a key thing. Because when we look at like evolution of why like a single cell developed into like a multi-celled organism is like the communication in the cell like enhanced enough that it was like oh I'm gonna make more of me yeah right and now we have the internet like almost every communication on the earth has a cell phone and so it's like our communication really is what's well, the bridge enhanced. and it's mm-hmm. the point of the throat chakra of the bridge into like the high the most high realms of consciousness mm-hmm. but we're working on like I just was reading this last night, this book, I, it has a really powerful statement about like how the lower elements are like transformed into sound, mm-hmm. which then like vibrates into ether. So, right. So we're like taking earth, like physical and like moving with the fire and the water and like moving it up with air. And then it is going to pop <laughs> off and become, you know, like, so we're at, in my opinion, we're at that, that chakra mm-hmm right now of like really using communication to create like you're doing like manifesting you're pulling energy down to create you know your website and your offerings and all these beautiful things and you've had to integrate all those Mm. things from here to here through your throat so Mm. I think soon it's going to be like through our third eye that we're (laughs) like you know creating things with our it's like happening without even using your words wow I love that. That was so beautiful. (laughs) Um, I would like to swing back to looking at your rituals and your kind of daily rhythms of how you enhance your relationship to self and with others and nature. Yes. Um, Yeah. So my, I always have my morning routine is really very important to me and that evolves over time. It's definitely 
always evolving and shifting. Um, but there are certain components of it that are really important that kind of stay the same throughout. And one of those is going outside first thing in the morning. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> that is so huge, just like getting up and really making it outside. And something else that I love to do when I go outside in the morning is this practice that was given to me by a Taoist um, practitioner of gazing at the sun with your eyes closed um, and getting that light in your eyes. And I do that for like three minutes in the morning and it just helps me to wake up so much because I don't know, normally I do not feel that vibrant when I first wake up, but then I feel like the sun just goes into my eyes and it just makes everything uh, as soon as I open my eyes back up from that, I'm like, okay, here I am. Uh, and so that, and just like being outside, just like listening. I love to like sit for a while with my eyes closed and to just like hear the birds and to just like feel my body and just kind of go into like a meditative state of just like, yeah, just listening with all of the senses. Um, and other morning practices that are really important, I always do some kind of chanting or some kind of thing to open up the throat um, chakra. So right now I'm doing three minutes of Om Namah Shivaya. Um, and like, I do it pretty loud. And um, and I, I go through different things. So it's always a different phase on what that is. But that is so powerful to like clear out that throat energy. And I feel like first thing in the morning is really important to kind of get that going before trying to like do anything or communicate with, with people. Um, Can I ask and, what that means? What does Om Namah Shivaya mean? What does it mean? Like, I, I'm assuming like, uh, like praise, Shivaya, like it's everything. Like, I mean, all of these chants kind of mean the same thing of like, like Namah God. Bowing. Yeah, it's like a Namah, deep, like, deep Namah is like, like, like I bow to the, yeah. to the, to Shivaya, right? Mm. Yeah. And it's like also, it always has this energy, like kind of like bowing to your higher self or like bowing to your kind of source or like that's kind of energetically what it usually feels like and it kind of feels like yeah I'm calling on my higher self like to bring that wisdom to me now and to like let that that me speak through me which like is the everything yeah <laughs> um and what else I also always do a little bit of a visualization meditation and I actually on my website have a free morning meditation ritual that you can check out which is my ritual that I pretty much do some kind of version of that every morning. And it's kind of like usually some kind of body scan. And then I like to imagine an energy that I need to call in that day, like some kind of energy that I feel would really serve me or would really just make my day that much more magical. And I kind of imagine that energy in my heart with a certain color. And then I imagine my heart beating that energy throughout my entire body and filling me and then spreading out to the whole world. And the whole world is covered in that beautiful color of that energy. And then I imagine sending that into my future and into my whole day and just how all that's going to look when it's filled with that energy. And wow, I, 
imagining like moving through your day in the way that you want to feel and just like the way that you want to look at people in the eye and the way that you want to, you know, make people know that they're loved and uh, just getting into your, imagining like how it's going to feel when you get into bed that night and you just like feel like, yes, this was an amazing day. And like tomorrow's going to be another amazing day. And yeah, so I really love doing some kind of visualization ritual in the morning. And um, I also, so I always have like, I have quite a few little baby practices that I kind of string together. And another thing that I do every single day is a mirror practice. So there was a period of time where I got really into mirror work and I sat for an hour every single day, just looking into my eyes in the mirror. And that was for, I did that for four months for an hour every day. And that was one of the most incredible things ever. And I could talk about that for a long time, but now I kind of do a short version of a mirror practice where I just sit with myself. And then I like to do a gratitude practice that I actually just shared. It's on my YouTube channel um, where you look at yourself in the eyes and you look at yourself and envision that the whole universe is looking back from you behind your eyes. So I invoke my angels and my guides and my ancestors, and I see them all looking back at me from my own eyes. Mm -hmm. And then I thank them as myself. Like I, and I say, thank you for everything that I can think of, including things that I already have and including things that I'm manifesting that haven't appeared in the material realm yet. And I just combine all of that together. And I just say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I say it out loud. And I say, thank you for everything that I can think of. And, um, and that just makes me so happy. That always just makes me so like, just puts me straight into that bliss, like tapped in, turned on, like everything is uh, so magical after that. Like, even when I look around my room, like everything is like kind of sparkly after this practice, because it's, it's just really, really, really powerful to like, look at yourself and see that there and to like, really feel that thing. And uh, the more that you sit with yourself in the mirror, the more psychedelic that that becomes. <laughs> um, so those are my favorite morning practice. Oh no, I, I missed one. And I also always do um, tarot cards. I always pull four cards, at least in the morning. I do one card. That's just a, which card is coming forward as my guide. And then after that, I'll ask a few questions that are coming up. Like uh, if I'm meeting with a certain person on that day, I might say like, what lessons is this person bringing me? Or if I have something coming up that I'm like preparing for, maybe like what energy is going to help me with this thing or something like that. And I'll pick a few questions or maybe I'll even ask uh, a message from my ancestors or something like that. If I feel that my ancestors are trying to speak to me through the cards. So I just try to kind of give the universe like a platform to give me whatever information is going to help me for that day. And I journal about that. And yeah, so those are my morning practices that are most special. Oh yeah. And I also, <laughs> I have so many morning practices. I, I also it. always dance in the morning for at least one song and usually two songs. And I also do that first thing right before I go to bed. I always dance at least one or two songs. So I kind of like to start and end my day with dancing. Body movement. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think I love 
putting all of those practices together because it really is connecting and being like, okay, I'm connecting with nature. Okay, I'm connecting with my body and the energy. Okay, I'm creating space to connect with higher self and ancestors. And all of those practices can be so unique to self, right? Of where you are in your journey and how you need to explore and how you need to connect and create that space. But that's, I think is the biggest part is the, the intentionality of it, that you're, you're present opening up space mm. <laughs> to allow that connection to grow, whether it's with nature or with yourself or with spirit. Mm. Really, mm. Mm. Yes. <laughs> You said one of the practices you learned from a Taoist teacher. Did you um, study that discipline at all? Yeah, no, I haven't much, but I just went to this healer and it, it's kind of, I don't, I didn't get much from him. Like he kind of told me like, you know what, actually you're already healed. All you need to do is look at the, do this sun practice twice a day and um, eat more protein and you're going to be completely fine. Um, and that was not exactly true because I did start doing this practice every single day, but like, I love, love, love that practice. So that I like, I feel like my interaction was him with him was like, just that I needed that practice to come into my life. And honestly, it's really, really served me, but I haven't studied that path much. Mm. And I think that's such an important thing in presence too, of like hearing the messages that are for you because there's a million and one different traditions and different practitioners and people where it's like, we can't integrate and hear everything mm -hmm. that of when you create the intention, when you create the space to have the intentionality in your life of what you want to experience or draw in, like you attune yourself to being able to hear the messages that you need to hear mm -hmm. and be able mm -hmm. to kind of sort through all of it. That's so true. And that also just makes me think of like something that's been so huge to learn and understand on this journey is that like, um, there's not one thing that's going to, you could have a hundred people with the exact same symptoms and they could all need a different modality in order for them. And to, in order to like, because the root cause of that energetically and what's going on within them and like what patterns they're holding is going to be completely different for every person. So it's, often like you want to think like oh this person's going to have the answers for me or this person's going to have the answers for me and it's just that the only person that really has the answers for you is you so all you can really do is ask the universe like say yeah I'm ready to call in some kind of healing and like let me know what it is and I kind of usually have a thing where if I get the message three times from my guides then I'll try it for sure and you know that sometimes it's like I don't want to do it but I still like kind of commit to doing that if it's three times and if it's really like more than that then I have to do it but um and also realizing that things aren't always gonna like just because something didn't work for you in the past doesn't mean that it's also not going to work for you in the future because you keep changing and maybe you had some kind of resistance going on in the past that blocked that thing from working and maybe you've released it now. So kind of always like being open to that exploration and like trying things again and circling back and just being really open to those messages because the universe will tell you what you need if you if you ask and make yourself open to receiving it but it might be confusing or it might be something that you didn't think would work for some kind of reason or 
anyways, uh, just like really being open to whatever the messages are, like being open to experimenting, even if, even if you like have some kind of beliefs that would suggest to you that that didn't work, like it didn't work for somebody else, or it didn't work for me before or anything like this. Yeah, definitely. And I think too, of especially of people, if they're suffering with a lot of, you know, chronic pain, a lot of really complex body disease, mm -hmm. that, you know, looking at structures that we do have, of whether it's Ayurveda or traditional Chinese medicine, that really base their understanding of the body, like on nature, right, that they're using mm -hmm. all the elements to kind of connect all of the connections of the body that there are structures in place that can be a, a good place to start, but of knowing that like your inner discernment is your guide. That has to be your absolute truth because that's your vessel and everything that you process everything through. That of if you are in pain or dealing with a lot of disease that of reaching out to a practitioner that, you know, is, is based in nature because nature is our mother and truth that she cares for us that it, it can help give us guidance of kind of what to try or what to explore um but, but it has to be in nature <laughs> but, I'm, but i'm always connecting back to you know that inner discernment and i think when people are just starting out on their spiritual path they don't have, or they don't necessarily have that inner discernment cultivated mm. because they have all the different programming of what they should be and what they should do and da 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 da, -da yeah. from their environment and people in their lives and everything that it, it can really skew it. So of, of having daily practices like yours that connect to nature, connect to yourself, that create space to be mm -hmm. open to hearing the divine, that it, that, that practice or that sadhana, that daily ritual mm -hmm. will then cultivate that inner discernment and connection so mm -hmm. that you will have more guidance and understanding yeah. of where you're supposed to flow. Mm -hmm. That's good. And also it just kept making me think of like, what are like West, you know, just like doctors and these facilities that are supposed to help you are like so expensive. Even if you are, you know, having insurance, it's still like $400 to go, you know, see a podiatrist or something, but all of these practices that you've said, and I know a lot of the practices that Amanda and I practice are completely free, right? Like going outside, looking in a mirror, dancing, you know, chanting, picking up leaves, the, touching the tree, like collecting, you know, berries, all these things are so accessible to so many people. And I think that oftentimes our brains want it to be like, it needs to be all of these things. You know, you need, you need someone to tell you like that you need this thing and this, you know, prescription and this and this and this procedure. Like you need a psychologist and a nutritionist. Yeah, you need all these <laughs> things, but it's like, you're right where it is you, it is, you know, yourself is the best person that knows. And then also just doing those things that are free, like coloring and drawing and things that kids like to do that are free, that make them so happy. I think coming back to a lot of those practices, like you said, mm -hmm. then can kind of help you understand more of like what you're, you know, looking for or if you do need help or would like help from somebody else, which is also perfectly fine and good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Then you could have a more understanding of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we all need each other. <laughs> we are <laughs> relationship beings <laughs> that we're here to care for each other and walk each other home, right? That we can be lights for each other. And um, I like that visual a lot, that we're all little lights, just lighting each other up and, <laughs> and guiding each other to our most magnetic, yes. magical mm. experience of being. Yeah, and igniting each other's fires because yeah. then it makes our fire just as bright mm. or stronger. Mm-hmm. So you, you do tarot. You, you, so can you just talk a little bit about like the major arcana and the minor arcana? Yeah, I would love to. So the major arcana are cards numbered zero through 21, which correspond to the journey of consciousness or the journey of awakening this journey of, of spirit through human experience. And these cards correspond to kind of larger thematic elements rather than relating to particular situations they're kind of more energies or themes and every card is a 360 degree view of an archetypal energy or theme so there's no good or bad cards every card includes all of the energies related to that thing so it includes the highest and best, most beautiful manifestation of that energy. And it also includes all of the ways that that energy could go wrong. So every card really speaks to just this vast amount of experience and this archetypal human experience. And what's so beautiful is that as you work with the cards and especially with the major arcana, their meanings to you will really change over time as you evolve and as you work with them, you might see that as you circle back through the cards, they're always kind of meaning something slightly different for you um, as you are making that progress through the journey. And the major arcana cards will also tend to stay with you for longer as the guide. They'll be kind of energies that you're working in maybe in over months or years of your life rather than kind of in a particular moment. Mm -hmm. And the minor arcana cards deal more with, um, deal with mastering the other areas of life. So the minor arcana are separated into four suits and the suits are cups, swords, wands, and pentacles. And they correspond to the different areas of life that we master in this journey so cups correspond to water and that corresponds to the internal realm of emotions and intuition and fulfillment and relationship and um these desires and and really that like psychicness and intuitive kind of realm and so within each suits there's cards numbered one through ten that kind of describe how that journey progresses actually for you to master that thing, starting with um, a kind of like the origin of it and working through like what it means to develop your emotional world until you kind of arrive at a state of mastery. And then cards, um, after cards one through 10, there's page, knight, queen and king cards, which represent kind of embodiments of mastery within that element. So for cups, the court cards represent kind of different ways that that energy can look like when it's embodied in a, in a human being who is mastering that energy in a certain way. So the cups correspond to the inner realm and the swords correspond to mind and intellect and communication and thought and thought patterns and brain processing and 
it corresponds to the element of air. And this suit is very fast moving because it's that realm of intellect, meaning that these cards tend to manifest more quickly uh, when we see them. And then the wands correspond to fire, which corresponds to passion and life force, energy and drive and motivation and spirit and um, like vitality and fertility and your passions and what's really motivating you. Um, and then the pentacles correspond to the material realm. So your body, mother nature, your work, your house, your home, everything that you're dealing with in the material realm falls under pentacles. And this suit, because it is in the material realm, moves much slower. And these things take a lot longer to manifest. So it also has to do with kind of patience and these time like constraints of being in time. And so taken together, these 78 cards really capture the wholeness of human experience in the sense that you could have any experience and probably tie it to one or several of the cards. You could probably have any experience and go through your deck and kind of say like, yeah, here's the cards that are the energy that I'm in right now. And it, the cards really help you to place your current predicament within this larger cosmic journey that all humans have gone through throughout all of time over and over again eternally because these archetypes are eternal they show up in every culture they're things that are properties of the fabric of the universe they come from the tree of life and sacred geometry it's very very actually psychedelic and so uh for me like the most incredible thing about the tarot is that it helps you to see your experiences as part of this larger thing so that instead of seeing your experience and being frustrated or not like why did this happen to me or Ugh, like what's going on every experience you can say like okay yeah I'm going through this experience and you know what <laughs> humans have been going through this experience forever and this is just that part of the journey right now and there's actually an entire realm of wisdom that I can access in order to deal with that situation in the best way possible. And all of that wisdom is actually tied to that card. So when you call upon that card that's related to the situation, you have access to all of that wisdom in an organized way of like, here's the lessons that are really gonna be relevant for you in that situation right now. And then you can integrate those and uh, continue to work with that yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> so you said that you use tarot, you pull four cards um, every morning and it, that it can be applied to lots of different things, right? Whether it's a conversation you're having or an event or an experience, or, um, can you explain a little bit more of, of how people engage with the tarot and, um, yeah. So, yeah, I said that one of my favorite ways is with these daily cards. And I like to think of that as a conversation with the universe or a conversation with my higher self, just like, uh, asking questions, a way to just like literally go into a dialogue with your higher self or with the divine or however you want to think about and just entering into that conversation. And when you pull a card and you receive the wisdom of it, the thing is every card could mean an infinite amount of things because every card is a full 360 degree uh, essence of that energy. But when you draw that card, it always means something kind of specific to you in that day. So sometimes you'll draw a card and it's really clear that the message is like, yes, you are 
doing this great. You're embodying the highest and best of this energy. You're crushing it. Like, yes, you're doing amazing. And sometimes you'll draw that same card and it'll be like, oh, wow, that's a message that I really need to work on this aspect. And this is some challenge that's coming up for me. Or sometimes it'll be the same card and you'll say like, wow, I'm going way too far in that direction. And I actually took that energy to a whole other level that is not in balance. And so you can just the messages with the meaning of the card to you is always really determined by your intuition and the relationship of that card to the cards around it and to the associations of your mind when you see that card and you see the imagery um so that's a little bit more about that but then other ways to work with the tarot that i really love uh like a big part of my practice is i like to look at the tarot on different time scales within my life so I have cards that I'm working with for the scale of an entire year. So at the beginning of the year, I did a spread about what cards uh, are coming up for me that whole year. And usually when you do that, you're going to draw a lot of major arcana cards because those are the themes that actually stay with you longer. And in addition to that, I also pick some cards myself just by choosing them because you can absolutely do that and call on the cards yourself. And just saying like, these are my themes. So I actually have one altar where I have like 10 cards out. It's, it's not always exactly 10. And I always kind of change them around um, depending on the kind of moment. But these cards are, are like themes that I'm working with on this larger time scale. And then I also draw cards for the moon cycle. So for the full moon, I draw three cards for the waning moon. I draw three cards for the new moon and the waxing moon for every phase. I do the four main phases. You could do whatever you want, but I draw three cards for those phases where I ask different questions, like for the new moon, like what am I calling in or what do I need to release in order that I can call in what I want to call in or something like this. And I'll have those cards and I put those in a different place on my altar and those stay there for a couple of weeks for the longer phases or for a few days for the full moon. But um, so then when I'm looking at my altar, I have these cards that correspond to a year and I have these cards that correspond to maybe a couple of weeks. And then I have the cards that correspond to this day. And I can really see it helps me to really place myself within this journey and to get that bigger context of like where I am in my own journey. And that just feels so like, grounding and wonderful to like have that higher perspective and be able to see everything from a bit outside in time um so i really like that and i mean also like you could draw cards for every month or it doesn't matter but just getting different time scales and leaving those cards out someplace where they're visually uh in front of you where you're gonna just naturally look at them throughout the day because gazing at those cards you're just going to get so many downloads and things coming through all the time i just having those energies around so uh there's that and then particular spreads like doing a larger spread with maybe five to ten cards um about a certain situation maybe like if you're having some kind of situation in your life maybe doing a larger spread where you'll pull a number of cards that correspond to different questions that you're asking about that situation or different 
parts of that situation uh, so that you can just really dig into that thing and, and extract all of the medicine from it. Like, what is this situation teaching me? Where am I moving from? Where am I moving to? What are the opportunities here? And really using that to, again, get the medicine from your situation so that life isn't just happening to you and you're just having, you know, things come up and bouncing you around. Instead, you're really saying like, what's going on here? What is, why is this happening? And really, because everything that happens to you is teaching you something and there's a reason for it. So the tarot is just like such a powerful, clear way to just ask those questions directly. Like, what is this showing me? And, and the tarot will always give you an answer that is enlightening. <laughs> Yeah, it's guiding, it's activating, it's illuminating. It's so many beautiful, wonderful things. So if we can, I would love for us to, or for you to pull a card for the collective and you can um, ask the question um, and then we'll flow into kind of going over your offerings. Amazing. Um, okay, so I will pull a card for us. I'm asking that these cards are activated to the highest state of alignment with the highest and best of all beings. And so it is. And so I want to ask for a card um, that will show us how we can create space for the whispers of our heart to speak through. So how, what, what's going to, what energy is going to help the collective right now, help all of us to hear those whispers from our soul to tap into our intuition and to receive those messages more clearly. So I'm just gonna grab a card. And we have the Knight of Pentacles. So Knight of Pentacles is all about um, knowing when it's the right time to move and when it's the right time to wait and listen. So uh, it's about knowing when it's time to kind of do more preparation work and when it's time to like be quiet and listen to the whispers and when it is time to move and act and go. So being kind of aware and conscious of that balance of time and when we're choosing to slow down and tap in and listen um, before maybe moving out into some kind of journey or adventure. So really like honoring those moments of pause and stillness before the movement and taking those moments and using them to really tap in. And this kind of makes me think about um, uh, like the idea of like segment intending or setting intentions before each part of your day or before each thing that you move into and really like getting clear and holding that space for spirit to speak to you before you start each thing. So for example, this might even be like when you fix food and you sit down, holding space for yourself to actually just prepare yourself to eat that food and just like connecting to your body and connecting to your you know felt sense of everything into your energy field and and to any messages that might be coming through for you before you start doing something so this yeah the this real guidance is is of that taking that time to pause taking that time to just listen 
and not rushing into things and rushing ahead, knowing that you are often like following something that you are excited about. And that's why you want to move ahead more quickly, but that there's always this time to just take a sacred pause before going into something to really just quiet down and listen and drop into yourself, listen maybe to mother nature or to the sounds or to your own heart. And so that you can hold that space for the whispers of your soul to come through. Yeah. Oh, that beautiful connects, especially all of the like rituals and routines and a morning practice, right. Of, of actually creating the space mm-hmm. to listen, to listen <laughs> that hey, you have to be intentional about it because you'll get swept up in life and doing all the things where we mm-hmm. need to be really conscious and intentional about just creating the space to listen and to be in that presence so that you can hold in container that wisdom. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful, Ariane. Thank you. Oh, thank you. That was so fun. (laughs) So is that something that you do with your clients, like doing a reading or? Um, Yes. So I offer some different kinds of readings. And so some of the things that I offer, I offer written readings for um, kind of, I, I have one called a soul's journey reading that is useful for when you're embarking on a new phase of your life, or maybe there's something kind of new coming up or, or a birthday or some kind of like milestone. And this reading, I includes five or six cards. It's an intuitive spread. So whatever kind of comes to me that I feel like you're needing those questions answered, I'll ask those questions of the cards and um, give you kind of a written teaching. And this is kind of something where it's going to be a little, it's not something where we're like getting into the details of it. It's more just like, here's uh, some lessons that are going to, that are going to be applicable to the situation and, and help with this situation kind of more broadly looking at like just what might be helping you in this time of your journey. And then, as I mentioned, I like to do those moon cycle readings. I always do that for myself. So that's also one of my offerings where I'll do a moon cycle reading. So you can um, have this reading either on the new moon or on the full moon to start. And then it'll include um, three cards for each phase of the moon cycle. And um, that's really helpful. As I said, I do those for myself every month. And it's so useful to just connect to those different phases of the moon and that's a whole other topic about connecting to those phases of life where like sometimes you're in you know like the decay and like things are kind of recycling phase and then and then you you know clean it out and plant new seeds and just seeing how your life cycles like that is so powerful and and adding the tarot into that moon work I think is really really powerful um And then I also offer a reading that is um, a phone or I mean a Zoom reading that you can book either 30 or 60 minutes for a medicine cross reading, which is an intuitive variation of a traditional Celtic cross where um, in that reading, you can ask about a specific situation. So maybe you're having a relationship situation or a career situation that you want to get more clarity on you can bring that situation and we will draw about 10 or more cards 
uh, depending on what I feel like is coming up and actually go through each card individually together and discuss, okay, here's this card. Uh, and I will kind of guide you through your own process. And in those, I also like to do it kind of as more of an interactive reading where I'll show you the card and ask like, what does this make you think of? And then kind of let that inform the reading and maybe have it go back and forth a little bit. And this is really, really powerful to like really get the full personalized depth of that medicine that you can get when you really look at each card and allow your own, like not my brain, but your brain to tell you what some of the messages are. And then to like kind of combine that with the wisdom. Uh, and so those are really, really amazing. That it might be like, that's probably the most, um, the most rich way to get into the cards is to really do more of a dialoguing session on it. And then I also offer a 90 minute session, which is called soul medicine reading and activation. And that's a combination of an EF of a tarot reading like the one I just described, a medicine cross reading with an EFT activation practice. So this is one of my favorite offerings. I think this is my favorite offering. I'm so excited about it because it's a really amazing combination with EFT. So we'll do the medicine cross spread, figure out what is the medicine of your situation? What is this teaching you? Get all of the juicy details. And then we'll go through an EFT sequence where we will do some work to actually reprogram your mind and anchor in those new beliefs that, and those new insights that we've gotten through the spread so that you can actually start to change your thought patterns and decondition yourself from things that might be blocking you. And then also activate the new things that are coming through from you through this wisdom of the tarot and really integrating that all into your experience. So that is incredibly powerful. Everyone really likes these uh, sessions. So yeah, those are, those are my tarot offerings. And then I have just one more offering. Do you want me to share about that as well? The quick question. So what is EFT? Yes. Emotional freedom technique. So emotional freedom technique is a method for reprogramming your mind and moving energy through your body. So first of all, we talked about how emotions get sometimes stuck in your body when you resist them and they can turn into dis-ease and they can turn into limiting beliefs and all kinds of things when we get these emotions stuck. So in EFT, we tap on a series of meridian points and repeat phrases as you move through these points. And it really helps the emotions and energy to flow through your body. So as you move through the EFT practice, you acknowledge your emotions and you accept them and you allow them to be felt and you allow them to be acknowledged. And then you kind of bring in that light of your higher awareness and your, your desire to shift those emotions. And then you begin to tap with different affirmations that are more of how you want to feel or how you're going to feel when you've changed these beliefs and what it's going to be like, how good it's going to feel when you're free from all these things that have been holding you back and you start to tap into those good feelings and those good emotions of satisfaction and and fulfillment that that you want to move more towards so um EFT you can also it's really powerful for changing your beliefs so 
actually with the affirmations in the EFT, we will address specific limiting beliefs that you have and kind of literally go in there and like delete them and then reprogram in new ones that are the beliefs that you want to have. And it's like, as you're tapping on your body, I think of it as you're like typing into a computer. You're like literally like, okay, I'm programming these new beliefs in because because we get to choose what we think and we get to choose our reality and EFT is a really, really powerful way for doing that. Yeah, and beautiful combination with the tarot. Like that's, that's magical. It is, it is quite magical. It, it's really, really fun. Yeah, thank you for offering that. That's an incredible service. I'm so, I'm really, really excited about that offering. And I think that doing, yeah, doing tarot sessions is pretty much one of my favorite things ever it just always like fills me with so much joy because I just know how powerful it is and how much it helps people and I can always see like just the like kind of relief and like shift in people after these sessions and that is just so magical and delightful so I'm really really honored and grateful to be offering this offering (laughs) yeah so nourishing for both both people what was the last offering you said um, so my last offering is, um, it's called heart alchemy session. So that's more of just like general, um, spiritual coaching that could be, that could include a lot of different things in those sessions. Sometimes we will do tarot or EFT definitely, but it also might be more inner child work or ancestral work, uh, through visualization and tapping into your subconscious kind of going back into these memories and liminal things that are circulating around within you and addressing them, like bringing, so this is more of just like generally shadow work, like whatever is coming up for you that you feel is blocking you or standing in your way or holding you back, keeping you small, looking at those things and kind of investigating where did this come from? And like, do I need it anymore? And kind of going through that process of realizing that all of these things that maybe seem dark are, are actually not, they're actually gifts. And, and once again, extracting the medicine from those things and integrating them into your life so that you're actually integrating the things that you felt shame about, or the things that you felt fear about, or the things that you once wanted to push away, seeing how those made you who you are, seeing how those things served you and, and integrating them. Um, and then also like all kinds of other stuff that's involved in that with like reprogramming certain Mm -hmm. memories or shifting them to align with the real truth of who you are and taking your power back from the past and reclaiming like what you want to take from those situations so that you can just use the magic of your awareness bringing it into those situations and as the light of your awareness I illuminates them, you'll see that basically everything is love. And this is really a loving space where you can allow yourself to be seen and witnessed and you can just share whatever is the hardest for you and and be held in that space of love and walk through those things together to really clear them and process them so that you can return to your remembrance of your perfection and your divinity and your beauty and your worthiness and and come back into that bliss that that is our natural state (laughs) oh I love that so much that's something that's been on my heart so much of just like such deep passion and purpose for self-love and self-remembrance of so deeply 
hoping that for all humans <laughs> of that of, of really experiencing that embodied joy mm -hmm. and that your services and you know the tarot and all of these you know ancient practices and daily rituals and rhythms that we can align with and in tune into can mm -hmm. help open us up to that capacity to really really feel so vibrantly alive and held and seen and celebrated and mm, thank you yes and that just also makes me think of another kind of offering it's not a one-on-one -on -one session but another thing that I am offering is guided visualizations uh for a lot of different things and that you just reminded me because I think that's such a powerful way to tap into these energies and these feelings is like through visualization, because when you're visualizing, you're actually experiencing that, right? And in order to manifest, in order to create our realities and change them, we have to start feeling differently now before our reality changes. And I think that these visualizations are really, really powerful to tap into those feelings that you want to call into your life, which just gets you into that vibration so that it can actually, so that you can actually receive the things that you're asking for, right? Because you have to align your frequency to those good feeling things in order to receive good feeling things. And so, yeah, for me, visualizations are super, super powerful and I love to create them and share them. And also about the tarot, I'm uh, releasing a series of visualizations, one for each of the major arcana cards. And so far the fool is released, but um, yeah, I'm going to go all through the majors. And then after that, I'll probably go through all the other cards too, because I love this. And I was, when working with people, I realized that what I really wanted to do was to guide them through visualization so that if in a spread, it's coming up that their lesson is the fool, how do I get them to really feel that energy? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I want to guide them in a visualization so that they can feel that energy. So that's why I'm creating this meditation series so that that'll just be available so that if you're working with the high priestess, you can maybe listen to the high priestess visualization and really get an embodied feeling of what it feels like to hold her most highest vibrational energies and to have all of her gifts uh, within yourself and to like really, really feel it right inside of your own being yeah and um people can find this on youtube or instagram yes you can find this on youtube okay how do they find you on youtube what's your name you can find me on youtube uh, my name on youtube is the rainbow oracle and um yeah you can also find that through my link tree and also through my website there's a whole page on my website that has all my youtube so you should be able to find it yeah and we'll link your um website and Instagram and YouTube as well. Amazing. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you wow. so much for answering all of our questions and being with us today. Yeah, so very grateful for your sunshine heart and <laughs> illuminating, uh, illuminating the path and the possibility and the potential um, for people amazing thank you so much it's such a gift to have this space to be able to share all this stuff that is so powerful and magical for me and for everybody else so I'm so grateful to have this conversation this has been really really fun and I love like the directions that this went in and yes I'm 
very, very thankful to you and to everybody for listening. <laughs> Beautiful.